They say slow and steady wins the race and England were perhaps more tortoise than hare in their 1-0 victory over Austria. But a win's a win and the Lionesses are now joint favourites to win Euro 2022. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Women's Euros Only Better. Thrilled to say I'm once again joined by reporter extraordinaire Abigail Davis, who's been sharing match preview duties with me on our website, betting.betfair.com. Abby England edged out Austria with a goal from Beth Mead, which was a brilliant goal, by the way. Wonderful uh, moment already in the tournament. But overall, the performance was a bit mixed. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And they had to work incredibly hard for that victory. You know, Austria were very well organised, resilient, and they also offered a threat at the other end of the pitch. They started on the front foot and settled the quicker, more certainly. I don't know whether that is down to the nerves and the occasion, maybe in the opening 10 minutes. But I think initially, was I surprised to see Lucy Bronze in the starting eleven? Actually, yes, because I think at full fitness, it's obvious that she walks into the side. But I was at St. George's Park on Sunday for the open training session and the media event that followed. And when the players were going through the sprinting drills on Sunday, she looked quite a way off the pace and and was the last of the group of defenders to finish which of course at full fitness that's not the case with Lucy Bronze because she is one of the fittest in the game um I also actually thought we might see Chloe Kelly from the outset such was her deadly deliveries you know in the warm-up matches and she was such a potent threat off the bench but yeah England really did have to have to work hard but I was impressed with how they defended in general. Of course, Millie Bright alongside Leah Williamson. And I think we probably will all agree that Leah Williamson needs to start at centre-half. I know it is tough on Alex Greenwood because of the partnership that was developed there. But Leah Williamson is so much stronger. And of course, that decision from Serena Wiegmann was tested very early on because the defence was put under so much pressure. But they just about got through that and I think you know it was a mature display very well organized we saw as well a few times how much of a threat England can be and will probably be on the counter-attack with the speed of Mead and Hemp and I think there are plenty of positives I think the opening game is always incredibly tough and a number of the players had mentioned hadn't they that you know with a tournament they're used to having a few days to bed in and settle into the hype of a big tournament, whereas now they were thrusted into, into it on the opening day and all eyes are on them. So, yeah, I think the way they dealt with it, there are certainly many positives, but they're going to need to be stronger in front of goal in the upcoming matches, that's for certain. Squad rotations key in a tournament, so we're handing a debut to journalist and presenter Eleanor Lee. Eleanor... There were loads of positives. The goal, brilliant piece of imagination from Fran Kirby. Lovely finish from Beth Mead. Thought Georgia Stanway looked excellent in midfield, uh, whether defensively or going forwards. Millie Bright, I think, is still at Old Trafford heading crosses away. I think she's still doing that. Uh, and a couple of decent saves from Mary Earps as well. So lots of positives, but a few negatives as well, especially I felt towards the end, like it felt at times England were time-wasting, which was... A little bit timid. 
Yeah, it, it almost dragged on a little bit towards the end. But like you say, I think loads of positives. Abby's just touched on it. It's almost the occasion. It's There's been so much hype around this. We're at a sold out or Old Trafford. We're record breaking. It, it's almost, I'm not, I don't want to use the words that the occasion got to them because it didn't. They got the job done and it was a good performance. But I think it just, it was one of those performances where they needed to get the win. They needed to settle the nerves, tick a box and we move on. And that's what they did. There were so many good things to take from that. I think the only issue really was in the final third because we didn't really, we made so many chances. We had so many chances and it was just finishing them. Um, I'm sure Ellen White on her day would have been finishing a lot more of the chances that fell to her. I know that she looked really frustrated out there when she um, put a couple of them wide. But I think there's still so many positives to take. And I, I think we almost need to take it with a pinch of salt. Um, we did really well. We got the win. And Serena, she'll, she'll be the first person to say that. And I think she did last night. She said we should have scored more goals. And, and she'll be putting that into the girls over the next few days. It's very clear what we can do and what England can do. And now it's a chance of making sure that we do that and we prove why we are one of the favourites in this competition. I think as well, you know, we've in the build up to this tournament, I think because of what Hemp has done at Manchester City, you know, in the first podcast that we recorded ahead of this tournament, I even said that, you know, she's shouldered so much responsibility at yeah. such a young age. And because she's done that at club level, and it's the same for other youngsters within that squad, we just expected them to shoulder that responsibility in the same way and and for the occasion to maybe not interfere in any way, shape or form. But I think it needed to because of the magnitude of this occasion, of this event, as Elle just touched upon, you know, this is a record-breaking tournament. We are seeing things that are going to probably change the landscape of women's football in the UK forever. And I think, you know, speaking to a number of these players last Sunday they've been playing from a time where these opportunities weren't there and mm -hmm. I think yes they need to they need to have that emotion and that feeling where they allow the magnitude of the occasion to maybe get to them a little bit because it is such an incredible time but I think yeah maybe I in the build-up didn't allow for that you know when you're saying look at Lauren Hemp and everything she shouldered and how she performed even on the last day of the season. And maybe, you know, it was going to get to them more than we allowed for. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, I was throwing a few things across the room because I tipped Lauren Hemp at three to one to get an assist and then brilliant cross for Ellen White. Normally she'd bury that header and wide it went. They won't necessarily get away with that against some of the better sides, but I think you guys are right. I think England will grow into the tournament and you see this in tournaments all the time, especially with host nations where they just have to get that first game done. Eleanor, what we did see was England's ability to change the game with substitutes because I thought Alessia Russo, Chloe Kelly, Ella Toon coming on just for a while at least changed that dynamic and gave England more of a threat. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having that young attacking threat on the bench is what's going to push us through this tournament, I think. I mean, just looking at the depth that we've got in our squad and, and it's been something that perhaps hasn't been there in past tournaments but have it I mean I'm really excited for Ella Toon um I'm excited for all three of them actually for, for for Chloe and Alessia but they really did 
not as much they they bought something yesterday not as much as what I would think perhaps in other games I would expect more from them but again we have to touch on that occasion I think if this was a game being played completely out of context further further in the tournament or perhaps away from this occasion then we would be pulling apart the performance a lot more I think like Abby said we have to we have to kind of respect the fact that these players have seen the game grow so much over over the their careers and this is something that they've not experienced before and especially for those young players coming through this is so new and for them to keep their heads and for them to be able to to take that responsibility and represent their country and, and do it well um is what's going to pu- push us through but I'm really excited to see how Serena Vigman uses them throughout the tournament Will we see them start? Are they going to be kind of kept as super subs, so to speak? Um, I think we will see them start. And I think, especially for Ella Toon as well, that's what's going to that's what's going to give us that edge over some of the, and this is no disrespect to Austria, but some of, some of the perhaps more difficult teams that we yeah. could see ourselves face moving forward. Abby, it's Norway up next, early next week. Now, we don't know at time of recording how they did against Northern Ireland, although we've all bizarrely worn green for this podcast. So maybe that's some kind of subliminal uh, vote for Northern Ireland, who knows? But I know you, in your preview, were very excited about that attacking talent that Norway have. And with Hagerberg back in the team, it does transform them, doesn't it? Because she is one of the best players in the sport. Yeah, of course, having Hagerberg back, it's it's a complete game changer for Norway. And I think that partnership with Hansen, that dynamic duo that they've got, they're going to pose England so many problems that they're going to need to be more clinical in front of goal. We've already mentioned that chance, that glancing header from Ellen White. I would put my last pound on her finding the back of the net. Because that is what Ellen White does. And mm-hmm. as Eleanor said, you know, that frustration was there, but that can't that can't happen. And that is one of your more experienced players, you know. And I get that, you know, players miss chances all the time, but she did have a number of glorious opportunities, and you feel that they are going to need to hit the back of the net against Norway because Norway are the biggest challenge in this group. And I do think that's where we see that partnership between Millie Bright and Leah Williamson, you know, that's going to be really tested in that match. And I think, yes, it's important. And I think, again, Serena Wiegmann, this is where her man or her player management really comes into this because every player knows the role that they, that they have. And we've touched upon it previously that every player is happy, you know, speaking to Chloe Kelly, even with the impact she's had off the bench, she's not frustrated that she's then not, in that start in 11 because Serena Wiegmann has ensured that all of these players know that they have a role to play regardless of what that role is. And I think Leah Williamson epitomises that because she wasn't as effective in midfield, but Serena Wiegmann is more than happy to rectify things when she knows that she's made a mistake or maybe not playing players. We saw it in the Netherlands game, didn't we? You know, it was an experiment that didn't really work, but Serena Wiegmann is someone who is quick to rectify those things. And I think that's how you then build that trust with a manager. And that's how Serena Wiegmann does command that respect. Ellen, a couple of questions for you. The first, I guess, is about Norway because I've not got your thoughts on Norway yet. I know Abby thinks they could go quite deep 
in this tournament. And the other one was about Fran Kirby, actually, because she's obviously had this fatigue issue and we weren't sure how she would do. We weren't sure if she'd start. She was ever so good against Austria. So intelligent, all the movement, the way she made the goal. Proper superstar, isn't she? Yeah, I am a Fran Kirby super fan. I have to say I am a huge fan of hers and it's it's been so difficult to watch her <clears throat> excuse me over the past couple of years really struggle because we know how good she is. We know as England fans, as WSL fans, we know how good she is and you, your heart really does go out to her for how she's how she struggled, but she is I think she is such a professional. She's kept her head in the game and all she's done is she's kind of she's she's just let her football do the talking when she can she's kept her head down and she's tried to struggle through these issues she's been having and then when we see her in games like we did last night it's such a delight um she's so good I was so glad to see her starting I think Serena Wiegman really values her I think the rest of the squad really value her because they all know what she can do and I think because she's had these fatigue issues I think perhaps the wider world might often sometimes forget about Fran Kirby. Um, let's hope some of our opponents do. And then she comes out and she she shows them what for. But no, I, I was really, really pleased to see her not just start, but put in a really good performance. And I think she's going to be like crucial to us moving forward. But then looking at Norway as well, Norway will punish us if we if we play the same way we did yesterday and don't take our chances. Um, I mean, with Ada Head and Bow back, it speaks for itself. It's as a as a football fan, how exciting to have her back and, and to be able to watch yeah. her play as an England fan. Oh <laughs> don't really want it as much. <laughs> um, but no, if it's we, we did a good job yesterday and we got we got the um we got the job done, but we've said it a couple of times already. We can't we can't play like that against some of the greater teams and and Norway will punish us and and they will make sure that we don't perhaps get as many chances as we do yesterday. So we need to be even more clinical because we're not going to get um, we're not going to get those chances that come flying to Ellen White and, and she can she can afford to perhaps put it wide. We need to be on our mark against them because um, they will make us pay if not. <laughs> Worth bearing in mind, you can check out the Betfair Boost, where you can boost the odds on our already boosted Euro selections each day of the tournament with the tokens in your bet slip. T's and C's in the description, 18+. plus. See gambleaware.org. Let's leap ahead to Friday's games then that see Group B get underway. If it's not the group of death, it's very least the group of serious injury. This is a really uh, tough group because you've got Spain, you've got Germany, and you've got Denmark. And Abby, really sad to say, I talk about serious injury. I mean, I, I know how glowingly you talked about Alexia Puteas before the tournament. You certainly weren't the only one. I was really looking forward to seeing her live for the first time. But sadly, she's damaged an ACL and she's not going to play at all. What? Firstly, what's your reaction to that? And secondly, what does that do to Spain's chances? I am absolutely devastated. I remember a similar feeling before Wales played at the Euros and Joe Allen picked up an injury. And of course, there was a lot more emotion attached to that, but it was that same sinking feeling. I mentioned in our first pod that if I could have a player cam on one player at this tournament, it would have been Pateus. And and for her to be missing out with such a horrible injury, it's sickening. I felt yeah. sick. And... 
you know, it's of course disastrous and heartbreaking for her. And, you know, we of course hope that she's got that support network around her because mentally she must be feeling pretty fragile at the moment, you would you would assume. But also what a huge blow for the tournament in general. I think I genuinely think Spain suffer massively as a result of not having that player who who commands things, who pulls the strings in and picks out some sensational passes. And the tournament misses out on on getting one of the best footballers in the world right now. And yeah. I think, you know, the most exciting thing about this Spain squad was that they had one of the most technically gifted midfielders in the world of football. And yeah, I, I, I just think the tournament's diluted as a result. Of course, you know, we're still going to thoroughly enjoy it, but I, I do think the tournament suffers and I, I think Spain suffer hugely. Um, I know they're still the favourites to go on and win this tournament, but even before this injury news, I didn't think they would because, yeah. of course, as we mentioned, you know, they are favourites because of the success of Barcelona last season, but they're not Barcelona. You know, they are not that Barcelona side and they, they don't they don't necessarily play in the same way as that Barcelona side. And especially without Pateas, I'm even more certain that Spain don't even reach the final. Yeah, Elena, this is a really interesting one because we were saying pre-tournament that we weren't sure about Spain's status as favourites anyway. Jenny Hermoso's out as well, so there's another big player mm-hmm. missing for them. And they've got this incredibly hard group. I mean, they've got Finland up first. Finland are the outsiders in this group. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. So I guess that helps them. But this is going to be quite hard going potentially against Finland, isn't it? Because they could be quite awkward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've got to say Spain for me a couple of weeks ago were one of my favourites. I, I was really struggling to to choose who I think would um, go, go on and win. But no, Spain were up there for me. With this, it's not just the, the physical loss, loss of Pateas herself. It's what that mentally does to the squad. For her having such a huge season, um, achieving what she's achieved, this kind of world-class status... Her t- I'm not saying that the Spain team is all about Puteas. It's not. That is such a talented squad there. However, losing your losing one of your star players this late on, right before your first game, it damages you mentally. And it's really, really hard for the team to kind of go, okay, right, we need to bounce back from this and we need to do it quickly. So <clears throat> having... Having Finland there, they, they will be awkward and they'll, they will know their kind of status in this group and they will want to make waves and they will want to send a message out to the rest of Europe and say, hold on, don't doubt us because we're here to we're here to do something. And I think Spain, they really need to they need to regroup very quickly Um I am exactly the same as Abby. I am gutted. I am yeah. gutted that we're not going to be able to see her. Um, such an incredible season. What an incredible player. I was really, really looking forward to watching her. Um, and it's just, as a, as a football fan, I mean, yes, you look at it and you go, oh, if we come, if England come up against Spain now, or if they do meet Spain, they might be a little bit easier to beat. But really with your, your football fan hat on it's just gutting for the game um but i i think yes they're going to miss her physically we we can't doubt that but it's also bouncing back from that that mental loss of 
we've lost one of our best players here. We really need to regroup and, and come up with plan B. I think as a Welsh woman, you've just proven another reason why I'm even more gutted because if they do come up against England, they will pose less of a threat. <laughs> We've already had a mention of Joe Allen on the podcast. So, Abby, your work is done, to be honest. Um, She'll get it in anywhere she can. Joe of course. Yeah, that, that'll be it. All of the shows now will just be, oh, and Joe Allen. Yeah, Joe, Joe Allen, Allen anecdotes, you name it. Um, or Hayley Ladd. Hayley Ladd is another one who I will mention a lot. I might just carve out a kind of five minute section of the pods going forward just for Abby to get it, get it all out there. Um, <laughs> in terms of the preview for this Spain-Finland game, I gave Finland a three goal start on the Asian handicapper at 2.04. Because if they manage to score, which not many people are expecting them to do, but if they do, Spain have got to get five then, Abby, to make that bet lose entirely and it was interesting i was looking this morning at the price and it has come in already two odds on to 1.84 and for all the reasons we've mentioned two key players missing the mental toll that that has if finland can be cohesive they can frustrate spain here i think definitely and it's those mental fragilities and and the issues psychologically for these players that if they make a slow start in this game, how does that impact them mentally? You know, if Finland, you expect them to come out of the blocks and just apply pressure from the outset because this Spain squad could be, for the reasons Elle mentioned, could could be vulnerable early on. And Mm -hmm. I think they will frustrate them and maybe we don't talk about their strengths enough and, you know, they have got the ability to, to cause a problem or two for Spain and, I do think what are their strengths then, Abby? What should we be looking for with Finland? What type of team are they? I think they're just strong and resilient. You know, they're, they're just very, very strong. And I think they will be tough to break through. And I think Spain, that's what they lose. That's what Spain lose as well with Pateas is that, you know, she can pick out that pass to split a defence. For Finland, they are so, you know, they'll, they'll be strong. They'll be solid. And I think that... If if they can hold out for maybe the first, <clears throat> sorry, the first 15, 20 minutes, you know, Spain, how do they then find that, you know, where's their go-to star? Of course, they've got they've got many, many talented players, but without Hermoso, without Pateas, you're then searching, aren't you? You know, if, if you can't find that breakthrough, who's that player who's going to control things in the heart of midfield? Who's that player who when things are getting a little bit rugged, when things are, aren't settled, who is that player in your squad who's going to settle things? And I think, you know, Finland, they've got, they've got a very decent number 10. And yeah, they, they, could, they could pose a number of, of, a number of problems for Spain. I do think as well, oh, sorry, just to jump yeah. in. I do think as well, this game is going to be almost whoever gets that first goal, it's going to change the course of the game. Um, if Spain start on the right, their, their front foot, and, and they really like they get that early goal and they can move forward, then I think they will, Finland won't be a problem for them. But Abby's just touched on Finland's strength. They, they will, if they get that first goal, they will be full of confidence and they will be up for it. And they won't be, they won't be scared or threatened by Spain even more so now that Spain might have that little bit of vulnerability. So it'll be really exciting to see how both teams start um, and what happens in those opening minutes of the game. I think as well, 
with Finland, they've proven a number of times that they're not a side that will be rattled. They have scored a number of crucial goals late on in matches. So they're not a side that that will, you know, be frustrated or think that the race is run if they do go a goal down early on. Because, you know, we know that, I mentioned that they are strong in the back. They play on the counter a lot. And that is a massive strength of theirs is just getting those wing backs forward. And I think if they could frustrate, I know we keep coming back to that word, but they could frustrate Spain and then just push them on the counter attack. And as I said, they're not a side that get flustered or start to panic in matches because they have scored so many important goals late on in matches. So that's a huge strength. And I think when you do that quite regularly, you also know that you have that in your armour. Yeah, exactly. And given what we've said, that Finland could score, you could use the bet builder to back Spain to win and both teams to score. If you look at the match odds, I mean, it's a, it's a mismatch. Spain, 1.08 in the match odds market on the exchange. Finland, 65 uh, to get the win. So uh, certainly the market is backing Spain, but might be looking at a way uh, to try and get Finland onside in some way, shape or form. That's the early game. The late game is an absolute belter. You've got Germany against Denmark. Germany, the favourites here at 1.69. You've got Denmark at 5.2. Eleanor, Germany dominant in the European Championship for so, so long. But Denmark ended that run of success. And they've got a host of attacking talent, Germany. There are question marks about them defensively, though, aren't there? Yeah, there really are. And I think that's why this one I just cannot call. I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a real test. And I think we'll be able to kind of see, can Germany go all the way after this game. It's going to be a real telltale for how the rest of their tournament's going to go. Um, I don't think Denmark are going to be an easy feat at all. Um, like you've just you've just touched on their kind of perhaps vulnerability at the back. I don't know if that's too strong a word, but um, again, it, it's going to be one of those where how do both teams start and, and how are Germany going to use their force going forward to kind of infiltrate Denmark? But it's going to be it's going to be a real telltale for how those two how those two teams then do for the rest of the tournament, because I don't know about you two, but I really can't call this one. <laughs> this, is, this is an interesting one, Abby, because you look at it and you think, well, Denmark, if you look at what they've done in recent tournaments, they have to be respected. Penilla Hard is one of the best players in the world. I'm amazed to see that she's three to one to score at any time. I thought that was a great price. And whenever I look at a game like this and I think, I'm not sure how this will go. You look at the goal markets and you could use the bet builder to back both teams to score and over two and a half goals. And that's at 1.92. And you can feel this being a bit of a shootout, can't you? Yeah. And I think, you know, when we're saying we don't know how this one's going to go, I think we just don't know about Germany anymore there are so many question marks which you just don't normally associate with a German side and I know you can never write them off but I don't even think Germany really know what what they can do at a tournament like this anymore and you know it is a a very youthful squad and it's interesting to see whether in a tournament like this of this magnitude you know whether a few naiveties may show through um I think 
Eleanor touched upon it, you know, how they perform in this group stage will be indicative of how far they can make it in, in the Euros, but not just that, how, how far away they are from reasserting themselves as the dominant force in women's football. Because mm-hmm. not having that for such a long time, it's, I say not, not a long time, but, you know, it's since 2017 they've had to, you know, they've had to wait for this opportunity to, to get themselves back up there. And it's kind of, it's an interesting one because you always assume Germany are going to be there or thereabouts, but they're just not being talked about as much as they normally would be for a tournament like this. I think Harder is going to cause them so many issues. And I, I do think, personally, I'd be putting my pound on on Denmark to, to get the job done in this one. I do think, you know, she's such a formidable force. And, you know, scoring a hat-trick on your senior debut for Denmark at the age of 16, I mean, she's not really going to struggle with nerves in this one, is she? So, yeah, I think... I think I actually fancy Denmark in this one. And I think, you know, them stopping Germany in their tracks, as you mentioned, in 2017. I just, yeah, I've, I've got a feeling with this Denmark squad and I, I, th- I think they could get the job done in what is an absolutely disgusting group. Yeah, it is very, very <laughs> tough. I mean, if you're Finland and you went to that draw, you just say, oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. We got, we got Denmark, nice. Spain and Germany. Brilliant. Okay. Um, if you do fancy Denmark, there are lots of ways you can go here. You could lay Germany at 1.69. You could back Denmark, uh, draw no bet, or just simply look at Penilla Harder to score. Because I do think because Denmark are the outsiders here, that price for her to score at any time has been naturally inflated. Um, Eleanor, just one more from me on Germany. One of the things I thought was really interesting about the kind of debate about Germany going into the tournament, no Jennifer Marojan, who has kind of dominated their attacking play and kind of dictating how they play. And you look at the, they've got young players like Eula Brand, you've got Clara Buhl, who I commentated on quite a long time ago now, uh, Germany youth level, and I thought, wow, she's really good. And that kind of upward trends continued with her, hasn't it? I do think, I know Abby touched on the the lack of conversation surrounding Germany leading up to this tournament. And I do think it's because of the, the youthful squad that, that they've gone with. And, and perhaps the world hasn't woken up to what this Germany squad might be, might be able to do. And they've got such, such a young generation. It's almost like a new generation of talent coming through. We've, we've had the Germany of years before that, that achieved so much and did so well and dominated. And and we've got this new, this new generation now that, that are here and they're ready to stamp on their own legacy and, and and make things, um, make things known. So I think that that's probably what's going to, that's, almost their secret weapon. Perhaps other teams don't know as much about this, this squad. Then they're, they're not as used to this Germany squad. Um, you've touched on some of the, some of the youngsters coming through there. There's also um, Gwyn. She's, she's really yeah. one to watch. I mean, I think she was, um, she's been injured for, for part of recent years, but now she'll be, she'll be kind of like one to keep your eye on and, and come back and she'll be wanting to, to put her stamp on this team. But I do really think it's like that youthful edge. Um, and we're gonna, we could be surprised by this Germany team. And I think a lot of people are almost, they're not writing them off. I, w- I wouldn't use that at all, but they're almost forgetting that they're there because perhaps we don't know what they're capable of. And I think that's what makes them so exciting. 
Yeah, three into two won't go. We are going to lose a big nation from that group. That's all we have time for on this edition of Women's Euros Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Remember, every single game of Euro 2022 will be previewed on our website, betting.betfair.com, and we'll have shows onwards through the tournament. From Abby, from Eleanor, and from me, it's goodbye for now.